Welcome to our weekly, I mean weekly Wednesday night share, the Nishmas, as we do every week, Eliza Shalamas, Shalom. This Shabbos, Shabbos, we begin the reading of the Chumash Dvarim. Um, every year I make the, vet, the stab at Deuteronomy, and it never works. <coughs> the fifth book of the Teda, the Chemish Chum Shetera. Um, also known as Mishneh Teda. Known as Mishneh Teda because... In this Chumash, Meshach Rabbeinu basically repeats all that took place in the first four Chumashim, the first four books. Also, to note, the We explained many times before, Chumash Dvarim being a repetition is not counted as far as the spaces between the Chumashim, and therefore when a person would write a get, excuse me, a get would only be 12 lines, which are the spaces between Bereshis Shmei, Shmei, Sviyikra, Vayikra, Bamidbar. There's a space of four empty lines in between the Chumashim, therefore being 12. We don't count between Bamidvar and Dvarim because Dvarim is, as we said, Mishnah Taylor, repetition of what was mentioned until now. Mesh Rabbeinu begins to embark in Chumash Dvarim. He starts Rishchidish Shvat. And he goes from Rishchidish Shvat until Zayin Oda, 37 days, in which he recites the entire. The beginning of the Chumash, Meish Rabbeinu, enumerates the happenings that took place to the Yidin, happened to the Jewish nation <coughs> in the course of the 40 years of the desert. But he hints to each one of them, there's only a hint of each Aveda, each sin each happening that took place. This week also was Hey of, Hey Menachem of, which is the Hilula of the Arizal Achai, as the Rebbe would refer to him, of Isaac Luria, great Kabbalist, amongst the other Tremendous achievements and accomplishments. <coughs> Isaac Luria was born, and I have to get the exact date, I don't remember.
family originated from Germany, ultimately wandered off in Yerushalayim, Yes, he was born back in 1534. And for those who are keeping track, you're 2015 today. You can do your math as to how many hundreds of years ago this was. And he passed away in 1572. He settled ultimately in the community of Tzvas, up north. Many, many chsidim, the daven, nuschoyes, different nuschoyes, daven according to nuschari. When the Arizal's father, the sefer called Sefer Kavanis, Umaisen Nisan, was brought down there the one night the Arizal's father was sitting alone in the shul learning Eliyahu came to him and said I've been sent to you to give you the Sirastavis your wife will bear a child you have to call him Yitzchak Don't make the bris until I come. I will be the sandik," said Eliyahu And this, so it was. Eliyahu was a sandik. He lost his father at a very young, very young age, but yet, still in all, achieved all that he achieved throughout his lifetime. His goal was to elevate the world to a level which was lacking and that by elevating all the klipas that need to be elevated which was done through the study of the Zer, the Kabbalistic studies of the Ariachai. On the day that someone passes is a special day of course and we need to concentrate on the path in which he put us And this is one of the reasons, of course, where one revelation after the other, the students that have spread and have become from wide, worldwide, wide and beyond. Who is one that we say, of course, is brought down? Was one that says, This refers to the Arizal, the person that is so great and so holy.
Still in all the efforts, Ketzeo and Shem from the Rev Tuve and Ere, that the light that have been brought down from the generation after generation through the Arizal Achai. And of course, all these behaviors and lessons that we derive from all that he had taught us. Secondly, the three ways, three paths, two paths, the general ones. What? 9.30? We brought down the Kisve Arizal, our Teda Mitzvahs, and Teda Mitzvahs together. In Teda, the Arizal says, you see the Merai, He teaches in his lessons that one should be in Skabakari strength to involve themselves in halacha until they're literally physically taken through it through. So Teda is, as we say, Teshia, salvation of the person. But on the other hand, it's It literally weakens the person physically because the person is so involved and gets himself so thoroughly with every limb and every vein, every sinew. In mitzvahs, as far as the end of tzedakah, mitzvahs that a person cannot be stingy about, he brings down the Zayah, Pasha's Truma, Haimad Bay, the Yishtadl, Mitzvah, the Bay, don't do it with a tight fist, but rather with a very open hand. And Taylor Mitzvahs together, a person should be simcha to do these mitzvahs. This is what it says in the Pasuk, I've served the Almighty, you should serve your Almighty, the God, your God, with happiness, joy, and full heart. So, of course, Yeratzinah should be that this bainness of all that we bring ourselves to in the schools of the Yatz of the Ariyah Kaddish should become nice of a pale through Simcha Amitis. And they should, of course, speedily speed up the yield. With Sheafchi Yameinu the Sasson the Simcha, with Mashiach the Kenu, Hedev Yameinu. Amen. Meish Rabbeinu, as we said before, begins to reprimand the Jews. He begins the Chumash Devarim with a reprimand. All different places <coughs> that the Jews had sinned, but then he takes a break. We referred to it before as a commercial. Hashem Aleki Avisechim Yosef Aleichem Kochem Elof Pomim Vadacheschem Kashadibo Lachem. The Almighty should bless you, should add to you the way you are today a thousandfold, and bless you as He has spoken to you. We've discussed this prior, we've discussed this before. Let us again scrutinize the Rashi Amdulay.
Rashi says, Amrulay. Atanasin Kisalabhasenu. The Jews complained, You're cutting out our bracha. Kvaraftiakha Garjbarak was Avram, they wish they were guaranteed to Avram Avinu. Hashem Yuchal Ish Limlays, each one would try to count that the Jews would be like the sand on the earth and the stars in the sky. Omar Lahem, he answers to them. Mesha answers the Jews, Zume Shali, this is my bracha. But the Ebishes Bracha is, of course, like he gave to you. The Jews' complaint is strange. It's a strange complaint that they're complaining to Mesha. At the time, the Jews were 600,000 Jews. But that was from the age of 20 to 60. So the people between 20 and 60 counted up to 600,000, amounted to 600,000 people. Now if you took all those under 20, you took all those over 60, you took all the women and the children, it was an ar- about 2 million people. 2 million people, Moshe says to them, they should be blessed a thousandfold of 2 million. <coughs> it's quite a number. It's quite a number. So what's, what's, how little is he making it? How much is he minimizing this? A thousand times two million is what? <laughs> Again, it's a number that can't be counted. References made to the stars in the sky and the sand on the earth is a number that can't be calculated. If you take 600,000 times a thousand, you can, it sounds more like a number. Two million times a million is, is, uh, times a thousand is already a, a wider number. On the other hand, you can't explain that the guarantee that HaKadosh Baruch made, simply speaking, that the Jews would be like the sand on the earth. The world is X amount land. The globe, you take the, hum- the world itself the way it is. Measurement of the whole world, if you take the uh, measurements of the Gemara, Mara tells us, if you're keeping score at home, Pesachim, Tzadik Dalet Amar Aleph, 94, side 1. Mara says, the whole world is Shisa Alfe Parse, Hava Alma. The world is six, 60,000, whatever it is, Parse. Whatever amount of miles or whatever you want to measure, it, it's only a limited, it's a number. Measure, go to the scientific measurements and see what is the size of the world. Now, out of that number, you have other nations, you have animals, you have houses, you have fields, you have water. And even though, as Gemara Megitzach is getting, you score at home, Dafal Amiral, it's not Amiral, I don't know where it is. It refers to the world as Eretz Hatzvi. part of the world. It's still, it's still part of the world. The world is not capable of housing people to the amount of Afar Aretz. There's just no physical room for it. Or the sand on the earth. Because the sand on the earth 
is already there. Put that many people? It's not possible. And therefore, the blessing that Hashem gives, the Chel Ayam, it's what's called the Shem HaMushal. It's, it's not an example, it's a serious blessing, but it's to show that it would be a multitude that is uncountable. So what are you complaining to Moshe? If Moshe says, I love Pamim, <coughs> when even the sand on the earth doesn't really mean the sand on the earth and the stars in the sky. Because you can't physically put that many people on the world. Their real complaint though, is Hashem gave a guarantee to Avram Avinu that you will not be able to count his children. His children will be a number that can't be, it's not countable. There will be so many. Meish's bracha, kochamel of pomim, is a number that's countable, apparently. Therefore, Meisha answers, my bracha was to you. I'm a physical person. As a physical person, I can only give you a physical blessing. I can tell you that in your dining room, you should have a table which is 15 feet long and 7 feet wide. Because I looked in your dining room, and your dining room is 20 feet long and 15 feet wide. So I know you have room for that table. I can't tell you in your 20-foot dining room that you should be blessed with a 40-foot table. It's not a physical blessing. I can only talk physically on the physical world. On the physical world, for the 2 million Eden to be multiplied by 1,000, substantial number. It's a number that's not usually countable. And I can be able to sit and count all those Jews. But it's also physically possible that they can exist on the world. They can coexist with the rest of the world. Masha'in came, a blessing like the stars or the sand. Only the Abishah can give that blessing. Can the Abishah make it that they should be able to exist on the world? Yes. So, the blessing is ultimately that the Kaddish Baruch Hu is that they can't be counted. You won't be able to count the amount of Jews there are. David the goes and adds a, a, a number, a concept, a music of something that's astronomical. Because David says David, he can do that. He can make it fit. I can't make it fit. I can only give, but I have to. Give, I want to give my blessing at this point. So to give my blessing, I can only give what I was able to fit. So a thousand times, Kachem Elif should add to you. Add whatever you have now a thousand times more. Now, we've explained once that it was not really a thousand times the 600,000, but rather 600,000 to the thousandth power. <laughs> so if you take 600,000 to the thousandth power, that's a number that's beyond counting. Taylor tells us, therefore, that Meshach continues, 
Hail Mesha Beres Hatera Azais. Mesha began to explain the Tera. Rashi says, Be'er. How did he explain it? Beshivim Loshin Pir Shalehem. In 70 languages. Why? So that ultimately, down the line, when a Jew is going to be in any given nation, any given place, they should be able to understand the Tera. <coughs> they should be able to understand the Tera. Why? Because the Tera was explained in that language. Masech the Seifim has brought down a little problem. What's the problem? It says there's a Maise with five Canaan. Talmai HaMelech, we told the story before, Talmai HaMelech called in five elders of the Jews and said he wants them to translate the Tera in Greek. However, he put them in five different rooms so they cannot talk to each other. He took away their smartphones, so they couldn't text either. So there was no communication between them. And this way, if somebody felt they had to alter something in the Tata, if he altered it different than anybody else did, then Talmai would keep would be suspicious of him. In the end, there were a few things they did change, but without conferring, they all changed the exact same things. However, says Msech the Seferim, this was one of the worst days of the Jew, to the Jews. Like the day that the eagle was made. The golden calf. Because the Tera was not able to be translated the way it should be. One of the first things they did was, instead of Bereshit's Baralikim, in the beginning, God created... It shouldn't sound like Bereshus created God. So they wrote God created in the beginning. And they came but a Bereshus. One of the things they could not translate so that he should not be able to twist it. So it says this is the worst day. It was like the day of the sin of the eagle. Why? Isn't Greek one of the 70 languages? If Greek is already one of the 70 languages, Tera has already been translated in Greek by Meshir Rabbeinu. He translated it in all the 70 languages. So what's the whole problem? Why is it Yem Shinasabes Hegel? Why is it so terrible? The truth is though, you look at the wording the day that the eagle was made. <coughs> Not the day that they sinned by the golden calf, Cheta eagle, but eagle. the eagle was made. Why? Because on the day that the eagle was made, wasn't such a bad day. Wasn't such a bad day. Why? Aaron said, Chag Lashem Machar. 
tomorrow is going to be a Yom Tif. What was he basing it on? He was sure that Moshe was coming down. And the next day he'd be down and they'd serve God. So it would be a Yom Tif. The day after, they got up earlier than Moshe was coming down. And they sinned before Moshe came. The day though that they made the eagle wasn't such a catastrophic day. Wasn't so, so horrific. The sin itself that they did is only a ground for the sin. It only was a cause of the sin. But that day itself they didn't sin. That day they were actually in preparation for Chag Lashem. A celebration of Yom forgot. The same thing also in translating the Teda. True. It was not so horrific. Because the ultimate, as he said, has been translated before. But what? It could cause adverse effect. The fact that they were translating the Teda was not a problem. The fact that they weren't careful enough to translate the way they had to translate, that would have been a problem. And therefore, this day was, the, the apprehension of this day was as bad as the day the eagle was made. And they changed ultimately 13 places. So therefore we find this itself, this itself, the translation was not a problem. The outcome, which Talmai was looking for, the day they translated, they sat and translated. He was waiting for the day after when they finished, so that he could sit down and scrutinize it, and find discrepancies between the translations, and find discrepancies as far as Taylor is concerned, with his belief in life, and then he'd chap the Jews. And this is Talmai's issue. So the day itself was kosher, like the day that Egil was made. Because there was a horrific repercussion that could have come about. Mesh is going through, enumerating what's going on in the, in the desert, what went, on, what went down in the desert, Somebody this morning said he cannot understand this whole desert story. How big is the desert, quote-unquote, between Egypt and Israel? Ten miles? Twenty miles? What took forty years? Forty years! Yeah, you had to mobilize two million people. 40 years to mobilize for 2 million people to cross the 10 miles. You couldn't navigate 10 miles in less than 40 years. And he says he can never, he can never really wrap his mind around that. No. I'm sorry for him. But the Pasuk says here, the Meshach says to the Yidin, Rav Lachem Sheves You've overdone it. You've sat by this mountain too long. What does Rashi explain this? Rashi writes, it's simple. Yes, Medesh is a Medesh Agod. He had great things here, schar, merits. 
sitting by this mountain, referring to obviously Hasinai. Asisa, Mishkan, Umineda, Vikalim, Kibaltim Teda, Minisim Lechem Sanhedrin. Wow! You really got your money's worth here. You made the Mishkan, you made the Mineda, you made the Kalim, you made, you received the Teda, you appointed the Sanhedrin. Fully loaded here. There's two ways of explaining the Pasuk. Simply, that the Jews should not stick around there anymore. Shouldn't hang out here. It's not a place for hangout. You gotta get into Israel. You gotta go into the Holy Land. You know. And we see the rest of the Pasuk says, Bayur Shuasarat, come, let's go inherit the land. And secondly, as we said, that you've gotten your money's worth here. Spiritually, to the Mishkan, the Tatus, and heaven and everything else. We know, of course, that the Jewish nation is different than any nation in the world. In any language. When a nation sits together, they're sitting together because this is where they are. This is their land. But they don't always find a spiritual connection as to why they are now united in this particular place. Mashenki, the Jewish nation, Our existence, our total job description is not in any which way, which way, form, or fashion fulfilled only with the Tata. Even more so. The other nations, their, their land is not really connected to them. They conquer it, they protect it, they have stations, they have guards, they have army bases, and they conquer this land, this is theirs. The Jews did not do that. The Jews did not have to conquer it itself through a battle. The spirituality, the holiness of the land, and the holiness of the nation is why God chose to match the two together. Bochar be'eretz Yisrael, u'bochar lechelkei Yisrael. Abakarj baruch yavei Yisrael, shabol lechelkei, v'yinchalu asaretz shabol lechelkei. Medesh Tachuma tells us that the Almighty said, the Jewish nation will come to their portion and inherit the land that's been given to them as their portion. And that thereby we see the two explanations are bound one with the other. Because the Pasuk is coming to teach us why do the Jews need to speedily enter into Israel? Not because their weapons were getting rusty and they were all ready for war. They said, They didn't need weapons at all. But because they were ready to go into the land because Kibaltim Teda. You already accepted the Teda. You have the Sanhedrin. You have everything set up here. You're great Kaddish. And the Almighty chose you for this. And therefore, as a chosen people, 
you had the obligation, you had the readiness to now join with the proper dwelling place, with the proper home that you needed to be in. Also in the Pasuk it says, simple explanation, as we just described, and somewhere else it says, Rashi says, the word Rav Lachem, here it says Rav Lachem Shevet Barazah, the two explanations we just explained. Elsewhere Rashi explains Rav Lachem, Harbe Yesemidai, overdoing it. So it's not just you sat here enough time, but you're overdue. For this we have to learn a general behavior for a person, how he serves God. Even a person at the highest level, the way he connects and serves God, person needs to say to himself, it's not enough. I need to strive, I need to push myself to serve God on a higher level. Mikhail el from one level to another, Mylan Bekadesh, one needs to always raise themselves up in Kadesh. And therefore, this is what Abraham means. Simple. Kipshute. The yeshiva, and the settling here, and the holding back in this one place, it's a tremendously high level. Beautiful where you are. Beautifully where you're at. But Rav Lachem, you're overdue to elevate. You're overdue to move on. You've achieved. Now you need to achieve further. person cannot be complacent with what they have and just say, oh, I've done it. I'm accomplished. person needs to say, I've done. I've reached this level. I now need to go to the next level. And never say, it's time for a vacation, I deserve a break, I deserve recess. person needs to say, I've accomplished, I need to continue to accomplish. I need to continue to strive and to drive myself. We discussed, we learned in the course of the three weeks, we've been learning Hilchas Beis HaBechira, laws of the Beis HaMikdash. We spoke a little bit about Yecheskel, the Navu of Yecheskel, of the third temple. We spoke Milchus Midis, Mishnayis Midis, which discusses the second temple, and of course the Rambam, which discusses both the first and second. It makes references, of course, to the third as well. Only well, references because the Rabbah speaks only halacha. And therefore does not talk about things that has to happen in the future, but rather what has to happen now. In the Tanchuma, he brings down a following. <coughs> so said Shmuel about Abba. Omar HaKadosh Baruch Yisrael, the Almighty, said to the Jews, Afal even though, 
Shebeisamidosh also the Chalev. That your Beisamidosh ultimately in the future will be destroyed. Vakarbonis betelim. And the sacrifices will be nullified. Don't forget how this has to be done. Ella, only what? Here's Ella, I'm warning you. I'm putting forth to you. Likris behen, to read them. Lishanis behen, to learn them. Vim ta'asku behen. And if you do involve yourself in learning and reading about all the karbanis and sacrifices, I am going to consider it, says the Almighty, as if you are physically bringing these sacrifices. If you'd like to know, come and see. When the Almighty showed to Yecheskel the Surah Sabayis, the form of the third bias by Shlishi, what does he tell him? We spoke about this two weeks ago. Tell the Jews, as a bias about this house. They get rid of everything that they had, that they've done. A measure of here now what needs to be happening. Yechezkel asks from the Almighty, Until this time, we are thrown into an exile in the land of our enemies. You want me to tell the Jews how the bias Ashlishi is going to look? The to write it before their eyes. The Yishmeru has called Sereisa Veskolchukesav, and to show that they should be totally involved in what all the looks, all the features, and all the measurements are. Can they do anything about it? Do me a favor, says Yecheskel to the Ebishter. Let them get out of Golos first. I'll go and tell them everything. I'm sorry that I'm doing this, reading this Tanakhuma word for word verbatim and translating, but it's just relevant to everything that we're going to explain. Because my children were put in exile. The building of my home should be nullified? And this is the crux of the entire Tanchuma here. The, build, the learning and reading about the construction of the temple is as if they are actually building it. Go tell them. To learn how the has to look the entire temple. And the merit of their learning. She is that they involve themselves in this. I'm going to make it as if they themselves are doing and building the construction of the Besamikdash.
Cheder, these are two separate things. Involving ourselves with what the Basim English looks like and building the Basim English are two different entities. Building a basic English is a physical thing. You have to bring physical kabbalas. Once it's been destroyed, we have tefillas, the makim karbanis tiknum. The sages established prayers that are in the place of the kabbalas. So the talking and the learning, etc. As if they actually were working in the Eishkabais, being in a bias. Truthfully, that means that they're one. These are one thing. But since the ultimate outcome, the fact that they are involving themselves, they come with Pail Mamish. It says the Lushan of Ki'ilu. They are actually doing, but it's not a pale. They're not building it. They're not constructing it. It's only a zecha. It's only a memory. What does it actually mean? That they get the mitzvah of building the Middash. By learning the halachas, since it says, Vasil Middash that the Abishti gives us a mitzvah to build the holy temple. Is this Ki'ilu actually considered as if we are doing that mitzvah? We know a klal, anyone that works, that anyone that involves themselves learning and, and studying and saying about a karm is as if he brings the karm Same thing with an asham. Any one of the karbanas, the sacrifices, it's literally as if they brought the actual karma. And if a person is in need of it, and they need to have ask forgiveness from Hashem, it's as if they actually brought it. So the question is, is this only a merit issue? Or is it as if they actually are doing it and being forgiven for the actual sin? The reading and studying of Karbanas is only allowed to be done by day. Why? Because you're not allowed to bring a sacrifice by night. So therefore, we are equating this to literally physically bringing the Karban. So much so, that one would not be allowed to bring a Karban in a time when they're not allowed to bring it. If the person didn't need a particular carbon, they shouldn't be learning about it. They shouldn't be learning about it. Shouldn't be learning and saying that partial data. When it comes, if it comes up in the chitas, whatever it is, it's one thing. But this should not be their their focus. Same thing, therefore, when it comes to the involvement of the study of the Binyan Besamidash, the person literally is fulfilling the mitzvah of the Asun the Midash and Shanti and this is a mitzvah that doesn't say only when you're in Israel, when you're only in Tahara, 
when you have a Mashiach, when you have a King Goliath, it says, this is a mitzvah that Teda brought down in Pasha's Truma, you need to make me a Mikdash. And therefore, each and every Jew has an obligation to build a base HaMikdash. If you can't physically be nice to do it, for whatever reasons we are, like we are today, you have the Chiyav of Bikriyasa, of to read it, and to study it. And through this, it's a, your involvement causes as if you actually are building it. And therefore we learn it throughout these days of the three weeks of the Ben Amitzadim. And this is a lesson for each and every Jew. First of all, it teaches us how important it is that we involve ourselves in learning Teda and what the study of Teda does for us, especially when it comes to Teda's habayis and all its shapes, all its forms, all its rooms, etc. And especially in these days, because through this that we mekayim in time of Golos, the midst of the Binyam Yisamikdash, what the Yevisha tells Yecheskel is by telling the children there is a Bayesh Lishi, by telling the children that there is an end of the Golos, although they are hard, hard pressed, although they are under such demeaning life by being an actual Golos, but the fact that they hear, and they know, and they learn, and they involve themselves with the study of the Beis Hamidash, this will give them strength mm-hmm. to overcome the actual goals. And it will not only over, help them overcome it, it will weaken the strength, it will weaken the grip of the goals on us. Because the person says, like a person has paspisali, a person going in a long journey, and he has absolutely no food with him. He just ate a big meal, but he's hungry. He's hungry. And he can't stop thinking about when he's going to eat his next meal. Mashiach and a person is going on a long journey. And they have a small meal. But they have they have possibly they have bread in their basket. And they take that bread with them. They know that at any given time they can sit down and wash their hands and they can eat some bread. So they know that they're covered. They know that they're, someone has their back, as we say in America. I'll be able to eat. And therefore the hunger pangs are nowhere near as strong. Although this person, doing the same journey, ate a very small meal, and the other one ate a much larger meal. The one that ate the smaller meal is going to have an easier step to his, easier bounce to his step than the one that had the, that doesn't have the meal with the food with him. And so too is the one that is the, is what the Abish is saying. By learning and by involving ourselves and by knowing and becoming knowledgeable of the building base of English, this is as if you're building it. 
you are reaching to a point where the Binyan Beis Hamikdash, simple physically, through Mashiach Tzidkenu, and have been a scholar miyad the Mag Beis Hamikdash shalemayla made of Yemenu Mamish. And that's what we aspire for. This Shabbos is so much fun. It's Tishabov. It's Tishabov. And every Tishabov, every time the three weeks comes about, every time anything comes about, Jews tend to get very nervous. What, what, what happens? What do we have to do? You just did this. It's not the first time you did it. Not your first Tishabov. But, 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 but I, I, I got to know all the laws. I got to know what I have to do. Tishabov that comes out on Shabbos or Tishabov that comes on Sunday. On Shabbos you may eat and drink and be merry. Eat any given foods of the best caliber, the highest caliber. Don't be shy, don't deprive, don't step back. You're allowed to eat Shemzachnisht. If you don't usually sing Zmiris on Shabbos, you can still sing Zmiris on the Shabbos. People say Dvartelis regularly on Shabbos. Of course, you can say Dvartelis by your Shabbos table. People who usually eat Shalashudas in public can eat Shalashudas in the Shabbos. And they can sing Shiras, Shishbachas, like always. Customarily, some Svarim bring down that Shalashudas you should eat milkies. Different customs, different people. It's not something that's uh, etched in stone. If you feel more comfortable eating something fleshic that will keep you, keep that will keep you, or that you'd like, you'd rather eat. You don't have to eat blueberries and sour cream. <laughs> no egg, right? No. There are people. They have a custom, they don't drink water on Shabbos between Mincha and Meirev. Um, the reason for that is, you don't usually drink Shkia time. Because the Nishamas are going out of Gan Eden. All, go to Nishamas, all Nishamas go to Gan Eden on Shabbos. And after Shabbos, they go back out of Gan Eden. Before they leave, though, they have to table the Mikvah. And therefore, we don't drink water, so we don't take away any of the water for the tabling. But even those who have that custom, they don't drink it. might have on this, on this Shabbos, we may drink until Shkia. Shkia is approximately, I think, eight fifteen, eight fourteen. No, Sudash Shit is between Mechemayev. Um, let's just get the time in it properly 
since I already said the time. Um, what do I do here? Twenty-six, right? Okay. Okay. No, 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 no. I did that wrong. Hold on. Um. Calendar. Halachic times. Okay, there we go. Now we did. Twenty-sixth. Okay. Is 817 in Brooklyn, New York. According to Chabad.org, in Brooklyn, New York, the fast would end 849. If you can hold out until Tzaytzak Chavim, the star's nightfall would be 856. Which means technically you can start out, you might have at 849. Until you eat, we eat fifty-six. But on Shabbos, excuse me, this is Sunday. On Shabbos, Shkia, sunset is eight eighteen. That's when the fast begins. After eight eight, up until eight eighteen, you can drink as much as you want. After eight eighteen, you may no longer drink anything. However, you do not sit on the floor, you do not change your shoes until nightfall. 9.05. So waiting? for what? You can sit around. I'm saying like, um, not drinking until those 45. Right. We don't do Bichyavis. For those who do Bichyavis throughout the summer, Obviously, you may put away your food after after Shabbos. You don't have to wait till after Shabbos to go out. If people now, those people that have in order to fast easier before the fast, they take aspirin. Ah, uh, take it even no physical mouth orally. They take aspirins so they can fast easier. You're not allowed to do that in Shabbos because you're not allowed to do anything that's preparing. For the fast, you're not allowed to sit down to shalosh and say we're sitting down to each shalosh so that we can fast easier. Not allowed to do anything on Shabbos in preparation for Tishbev. Um, as far as learning Torah, etc., Shabbos itself should not be a problem. We just don't do pikiyavis, chitas, and the other things may be said before it says. We don't do it because we don't do it after Mincha. We don't do. We don't say because for Mincha. We don't do on Shabbos anything that has to do with Avelis before Mat Shabbos. Um, obviously, you can wash yourself before Shabbos. Um. As we said, eating is the only eating and drinking is the only thing that's usher from Shkia. 
You may not take off your shoes. You may not walk around in your socks. You may not put on your shoes for Tishabov until after Shabbos goes out. Those who keep Matzah Shabbos 90 minutes may wait till then. You can go to shul beforehand on Shabbat Friday and bring your shoes to shul on Friday, your Tishbab shoes, and then come out to Shabbos and change in shul. Or you can wait until this man, 9.05, change at home, say Baruch HaMavl, change at home, um, light a candle, light two candles, make a Baruch HaMavl, and then go to shul and Of course, on Tishbev, the same story. We do not sit in a high chair. We wash our hands only till our knuckles. Um, since we said Baruch Mabdul, and we made a Baruch Mabdul, we change the shoes before Baruch We don't wait till after Baruch Shabbos Chazain, as we said, we speak about Shabbos Chazain always, is a day that the Beis Hamidrash is shown to us. If we are Zechel, we actually see the actual Beis Bayesh Shlishi. And again, the Marshal, of course, of the Baditshva. The Baditshva says, the child that had one suit, he tore it, and the second suit, he tore it. And the father made a third suit for him and put it in the closet, and every so often showed it to him. He said, you learn how to be a mensch, you learn how to behave, you learn how to act right, you'll get this suit also. And therefore, this is what happens on Shabbos Chazayin. We are shown the third base Amigdash, and we are told if you act good, behave good, you will see the third base Amigdash in your time. And this is what this is therefore the end of Shabbos Chazayin. of being shown the Beis HaMikdash, may we actually see the actual Beis HaMikdash, may the fast be nullified, and we should be with the Bayesh Lishi in Yerushalayim in HaKadosh on this very Shabbos, and we should actually see it, and not just be teased, but actually see it and see the Kabbalists being brought in the Beis HaMikdash. Shabbat Shalom to all.